Now the long ball of field to Shelton. Oh, that's brilliant. He marks his return to Harborview and the National Stadium with a fantastic header. And with the equalizer now in this contest, Shelton makes his mark. It's 1-1. Superb. Welcome back to the RSPL, Luton Shelton. That was class. Top draw from a top goal scorer. The national team record goal scorer. Quality personified. Alright guys, bless up. Um, unfortunately, we have to start this part on a very um, sad note. This is episode 4. Hard tackle. Uh, the snippet a while ago was just um, one of the many goals um, the great Luton Shelton uh, scored for us. That was commentary by Donald Oliver when he returned to Harborview FC and scored that amazing goal um, at Independence Park um, in the National Stadium here in Kingston. Um, since since his passing, I saw one of our sports journalists, very respected sports journalist, Karen Madden, actually wanted to to interview him at the end of that game. But um, he said that he loved to do the interview, but she was feeling a little bit hoarse. Little did we know that that was the first signs that um, ALS um, is taking its place. So, regrettably, Jamaica's top scorer, Luton Shelton, has passed. Um, he has scored 35 goals for the Jamaican national team. And that was just a snippet of one of his great goals. Rest in peace, King Luton Shelton, top striker. Um, condolences to his um, family. Uh, Tajay will go ahead and just describe a little bit more. Are the top strikers accolades? Yes, um, we have to begin this podcast by commemorating um, the late great Luton Shelton, Jamaican legend, the Jamaican top striker and top scorer who has just lost his life on um, this 22nd of January to um, ALS. Now, Luton Shelton has been battling ALS since 2017. And we all know that ALS is, is, is a muscle degenerative disease. And he has been suffering for a while. Um, though he was optimistic, he knew his fate. But we don't want to dwell on that. Let's go over some of the highlights of his career. All right, He started out um, playing football at Woolmers Boys. But professionally, he started at Harborview in 2003. And all the way to 2006, he scored a whopping 44 goals in 43 appearances. Then he moved on to Turkey. And then he played at Sheffield United, where he had a goal in 19 appearances for about one season. Then he moved on to Valerenga. Another um, team he went to was Karabuk's for in Turkey. Um, so he had a very good international career, apart from his uh, 
accolades for his national team. So um, we just want to say, rest in peace. Your legacy lives on. Yeah, we will forever have you in our hearts. Uh, well, well, well said, Tajay. Rest uh, in peace, King. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to, to our tackle. Today, we're just going to discuss the matches that happened over the weekend. And today, we have a special guest on the pod, Deron Maitland. Deron is a real Madrid fan. Deron, you want to say a few words to the, to the people out there? All right. Thank you, Matteo. Um, thanks for the welcome. It's good to be on Hard Tackle. As uh, Matteo has shared, I am a real Madrid fan. I've noticed in the previous episodes, um, the guys haven't spoken much about the best team in the world, but I am here to change that today. All right. <laughs> no problem, Deron. All right. So today, some very important matches happened. We're going to start with the FA Cup. The most important match today was obviously Chelsea versus Luton Town. Chelsea came out 3-1 winners. Tammy Abraham hat-trick. So very glad for that. Werner missed a penalty, but just another dagger into his confidence. But hopefully that doesn't... He had a good performance there, but hopefully that doesn't um, deteriorate his confidence even more than before. But also had another important match today that was Liverpool versus Manchester United. And for analysis on that, we're going to start off with Chong. What did you make of that loss by Liverpool today? 3-2 was the score to Manchester United. Yeah, another um, um, bad result for the great Liverpool, you know. You'll never walk alone. But I I found positives in that game. Um, based on the previous performances, the most re- recent performances, I, I'm a bit more optimistic going forward based on this performance because if you can recall, we haven't scored a goal in a while. Um, we haven't looked like the Liverpool of last season in a while. But of course, that is down to a lot of reasons, as mentioned um, in the last podcast. Um, injuries being one, lack of confidence, and injuries um, resulting in players being played in, their, um, in, in, um, in positions they're not used to. But for the game, uh, I, I felt like it was a 50-50 game um, based on how the, the game went performance-wise. Um, I think it was like almost 50-50% possession, 50-50% um, shots on target. And it could have went anyway, you know? And seeing that Liverpool is a wounded animal right now, um, with this type of performance, I'm... I'm feeling a bit more optimistic going forward, to be honest. And I have to mention that um, Salah scored two goals, so the goal drought is over again. So, yeah, I'm a bit more optimistic. Interesting things to say after a loss and a knockout of a co- competition, but I... Oh, I let me just add, let me just add before I go. Um, unlike most clubs, I follow a club that is a bit more ambitious or... Our, our, our ambitions are much higher than the average club. And FA Cup, um, it's not a cup in my view. It's more. It's not even a tea cup. You understand? So for me, it's more of a just like a practice match to regain some confidence. And I, I got that. I got a bit of that out of this game. So I mean, I can leave the FA Cup to clubs like Chelsea and Arsenal. You know, it's for them, not for me. They can go ahead. We'll see. I will see if this age is well at the end of the season when Liverpool is trophyless. But um, 
Kadium, cards, anything to say about this match? Yeah, man. So I don't really have any analytical numbers to provide as yet. Uh, but based on the eye test, um, as 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 Sean said, uh, Liverpool played. Um, I wouldn't even say a lot better than our previous games. The only thing that stood out to me was that um, Salah scored two very clinical chances. I'm pretty sure when the stats are available, the expected goal is going to be uh, maybe 0.4 or or 0.3. I mean, the first one, the dink over over Henderson, and the second one. Um, between the legs of Henderson um, while getting challenged by a United defender. So I think that we added a little bit more um, clinical to our finishing game. As I saw the lineup, I saw Reese Williams and I, I said to Chung, um, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to like look at Reese Williams with players such as Cavani and Rashford and running in behind. And so said Sodon. I mean, yeah, he's 19, but, and we have the injury problems, but we need players to be doing basic stuff, centre-back to be sweeping, um, especially for a side like Liverpool playing so high. It can't be so flat-footed um, just like that. And I think Klopp putting out the 19-year-old um, Reese Williams over maybe even someone as um, Nat Phillips, who is 23, with a little bit more experience, should have commanded a starting position beside of um, Fabinho. So I think the last couple of lineups, um, especially the Burnley game, clubs, um, team selection is a little bit questionable. But as as Craig said, this is the FA Cup, and we got a little bit of swagger back in the sense that coming off four or five games where and nothing we touched turned into goals. Uh, we got two goals today. I know another guy is going to get that as a confidence booster, and I am I'm confident that will go on a on an upward trend. There are two amazing assists for the two girls, two uh, first goals, by the way, uh, by uh, Bobby Firmino for Liverpool, and um, an amazing lob. I think Milner wish he was maybe an inch taller to intercept that, but it was a very entertaining, entertaining match and well played Manchester United. That lob you're talking about is the one for Rashford. Right, yeah, for the United first goal. One of the passes of the season in my book. Yeah, it was great. It was great. All right, Tajay, anything, anything about this match? Yes. Um, was as Kadim said, was a very exciting match, very up tempo. A kind of a typical um Liverpool manual match where Liverpool had most of the possession, 59% possession, while Manu had 41, but they they hit on the counter attack most of the time, seeing as Liverpool was playing with a high back line. Now, um, that being said, both teams were clinical, mostly clinical. I think Manu was a little bit more clinical. They both had 14 shots um, and six on target, but Manu scored three of theirs and almost had a fourth with Cavani. Also, I think Manu won the one with substitution because their substitutes actually had an impact on the game. Um, Bruno Fernandes coming on and scoring a brilliant free kick, which Solskjaer said he was practicing for 45 minutes yesterday. So I thought that was brilliant to bring on the guy who has been practicing free kicks and scoring them to come on and score. While Liverpool substitutes uh, were not impactful at all. Uh, Mane only came on and got a yellow card and he's, 
he's usually a very good player, but didn't see much of anything from him today, nor from Shakiri. But as as everyone mentioned, there is a silver line. Salah seems to be regaining form, scored two goals, almost had another one. But yeah, otherwise, good match, if, almost even, um, an almost even match, in my opinion, but a very exciting one. Uh, Darren, what, what, what did you think about the result? Honestly, um, Bruno, best player in the league, bar none. It's not Kevin De Bruyne, it's not anybody else you want to talk about. Van Dijk is none of them. The best player in the league right now on this farm is Bruno Fernandes. Full stop. That's very disrespectful to Mr. KDB. Would you guys agree that it's down to the, the amount of goals that he scored that um, warranted um, so many players at the moment? No. I agree with the chunk that he's not the best player in the league, but that's not the reason okay. why he, he gets only reason he gets players, players at the moment. No, I didn't say the only reason. I'm saying, don't you think that carries more weight than anything else? It, it probably the goals, helps, the, goals that, the goals that he scored. It probably, don't you think that carries more weight than anything else for him getting um, so many players at the moment? I don't know if it carries more weight. Yeah, it's a factor, but I, I wouldn't. I don't know what. I think the, I, I think it carries more weight, and th- those goals are down to penalties. So, but Bruno has that for me. That for me. That for me. That's very unfair. Yeah. Um, how, I is, think how is this win games? I, I think yes, win games. And that is very important. So goals should come. I also think. Scoring a penalty is, is not as simple as it looks. A man no, can ask no, Messi about that. And I yeah. also think that overall it's his influence yes. on, on Man United's team yes. that, that has seen him deserve all of this. And his influence comes from goals, assists, and his general mm. leadership of the squad. And right now, yeah. I, I, I think in comparison to anybody else in the Prem, Bruno Alves stands up. He, stand, he stands out in a, in, a, in, a, in a team full of average players. But the team full of average players is now top of the table. So what, what are you what because, are you because Because, because unfortunately, this season has been a very below average season. All right. So in a below average season, Bruno is the yep. best of a bad situation. Exactly. And this season is definitely a fluke so far. So far. In the right. Premier League. But... Right. um. I think, let me just say one thing before we move on. I think that we are very fascinated with the new. So in the Premier League, because Bruno is a new player and he's doing good for the uh, almost a year now. He's been there approximately a year. He's relatively still new and he's doing good while he's new. You guys seem to forget all other achievements of, of KDB. No, no, KDB. I don't understand it. KDB. KDB. I don't understand I agree with you. KDB is the best player. My yeah. statement was on current form. Oh, Bruno okay. I never, I never heard that. I never heard that. I thought you said. That's I thought, how I started I thought, my statement. <laughs> I thought you said put KDB and Virgil Van Dyke aside. He's the best. All right. On and current and for, form. For him, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Right. And I mean, we have to give credit where it's due in terms of what Craig said. I, I agree. He's new. But we yeah. have to look at all of the big name players who came and flopped because they were True. new. Even big man yeah. David Silva in the first season, he was trash. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. He, you know, he was a legend for Man City. So I guess credit has to go where it's due to. Yeah. 
and it's the quickest I've seen any player that came to the Premier League um, adapted. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and 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 it's the, it's the fastest yeah. I've seen a player impacted a team in the Premier League. Well, and what one matter? Don't forget matter. First season him coming impacted the, the league as well. Big. Great show, great show. Matter was unbelievable that first season. Just to add a little bit of context to Bruno though, um, for for the current season. His expected goal is actually at nine flat, but his non-penalty expected goal is at 4.5, which simply means half of his goals or goal opportunities are coming from the penalty spot. So take from that what you will. All right, so other results in the FA Cup, other noteworthy results, defending champions crashed out of the FA Cup, losing 1-0 to Southampton to a Gabriel own goal. Man City laboured to a 3-1 win over Teltenham Town. But they, 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 they managed to win that match and now um, move forward. And as mentioned earlier, Chelsea won 3-1 versus Luton Town. All right, so we're switching leagues now to Serie A. And a very, I enjoyed this match. It was Atalanta 3, AC Milan 0. Kadim, why don't you start us off with, with your analysis of that one? As we all know, I... I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Milan, so it was not so fun for me to watch that much um, because Atalanta completely outplayed AC Milan from the first whistle to the last whistle. I mean, um, when you look at the starting lineup, though, apart from um, Gomez, the Atalanta captain, they had a full squad. We know the turmoil that's happening between Gomez and the management team at Atalanta. But AC Milan was without their um, instrumental captain, Alessia Romagnoli. He was replaced by debutant Kalulu. Uh, he has a bright future ahead of him, but uh, Ilicic, Ilicic wiped the San Siro floor with the entire AC Milan backline. He dragged them across as if it was a, a training exercise. Uh, he attempted... He completed rather five out of nine dribbles. Uh, he had one goal and six shots. Um, from a side lineup, and I saw that that Romagnoli was out. And if if Atalanta was on form, which they were, Duvan Zapata is just a bulldozer of a player. And the AC Milan backline just could not handle what um, Atalanta was 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 throwing at them. Uh, when Milan was chasing the game, they, they threw on Rebic as well as Manzukic. So up front, that's Rebic, Manzukic, Zlatan, Ibrahimovic. So you knew what was going to happen. Bars into the box um, with three strong central defenders. Atalanta coped well with that. And Milan just has to go back to the drawing board. Uh, I wouldn't say the wheels are coming off. Uh, they had some suspensions. They had some um, important absences. It's just one of those things, and they need to roll with the punches and get back up for the next week game week. All right. Um, good analysis. It was the match of the weekend, other than um, the Liverpool Man United. And I think what Kadim said is, is something that is underrated about Atalanta. That man Zapata, bulldozer. He can control any and every ball that they send up to him. From the ball is in the air, Zapata will win it. His hold-up play is some of the best in all of Europe right now. Every single he's ball. A, I think he's a money on steroids. Exactly. Tell you the truth. 
I'd, I'd, I'd give him that because every ball that came up to him, the man chest is, is like a coach. The ball just dead. And then he flicks it around the corner to, to, to Ilicic. Ilicic. Ilicic is just weaving his way through the back line as if nobody's there. And then one pass. Ilicic decision-making is, is what sets him apart. The man has no pace. He's not particularly great in, in shooting, but his decision-making with his passes and timing, and that's what really decided this match. And what, what Tajay said, Romero, two out of the, the three goals that Atalanta scored, I believe, started with Romero, intercepted the ball in the back line, and then he drove out for one of them that led to one of the goals as well. So it was a very good match, good, good match. The only thing that would have been the icing on the cake for me is if Inter capitalized on this. That's the only thing. And they went ahead and then got draw their game. Madness. Go on, Mateo. Utter madness. Utter madness. madness. I, I mean, I, th- I think Mateo mentioned um, Inter Milan in the last in the last couple of parts saying, Kante, he needs to deliver. M- Milan dropped points. They need to deliver. Yeah. And it was against and Mateo, said. Yeah, and, and I think Mateo... Um, um, mentioned this um, in a previous um, episode that Inter Milan they, they never capitalize when it when it when it means the most. They never grasp that opportunity and take that opportunity. Um, like in the Champions League and in um, Europa Finals the last time around, this was their perfect chance. Squandered it, man. Uh, I think what we need to to acknowledge here too for Inter Milan is the fact that Conte is so stubborn. Because these guys are playing a match every three days. And in real life, three out of four matches is the same lineup starting. I saw them, them playing Udinese yesterday. And I, I was thinking, why is Vidal on the field? In a match like that against Udinese in approaching the relegation zone, you know they're going to defend. What does Vidal give you? I thought it was a perfect opportunity to put Sensi in that midfield to string some passes. Sensi and Brazovic just stringing some passes and breaking them down. But but Kante is stubborn with these old guys, his, his, his warriors, and they gave nothing. To piggyback on what you're saying, Darren, one of the, one of, one of the attributes a manager uses to set himself and his team apart is his ability to integrate or play to his best player's capabilities. When you have a player like Christian Eriksen and you're just coming out saying, oh yeah, we just bought him, but I can't fit him in the squad. I think that says less about Eriksen because we saw his quality at Tottenham and with the Denmark national side. And it says a lot more um, with Conte. Um, if look at um, Solskjaer with Pogba. It's the last couple match days, the last couple weeks, um, Manu has been informing you know, and I think that coincided with the integration of Sir Paul Pogba into that midfield wherever he plays into that midfield but you just have to integrate your better players and Conte just needs to do it yeah it's his system but you need to also get the best out of your best players you said something there that that makes sense it's his system Conte is a man that that goes into every club with the same system and it annoys me because you have to adjust to the players that are at this new club. And a part of the problem with, with him and Ericsson is the fact that he never want Ericsson. But the club thought that Ericsson was a, a perfect opportunity not to pass up. So it's like 
he's trying to prove a point by trying to win, not playing Ericsson. And it, it's, it's untenable, honestly. I, I see why he has had to leave so many clubs because the man is, is stubborn and goes to war with the club. For what reason? For pride? That, that's pointless. Yeah, spite your face or cut off your nose. Yeah, that's the reason exactly. why Chelsea has Zappa Costa still on their books. We can write to buy him are, as, a, as a wing back. Are you serious? For Conte. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to say, um, Sam, I see your hand was up. Anything you wanted to say on this match? Yeah, um, uh, I think Milan was a, was a bit, they, they experimented too much in this match. I think they play best when um, Leo is up top. And I know Zlatan is Zlatan, but he should have been warm in the bench, maybe. But maybe that's something that, that, that can, can be said in hindsight. But he should have come on in the second half as a superstar or something. So that just for pride's sake, just to big up himself, make him feel good. But if you put um, Leo wide instead of up front, you know, I, he seems to be the best, the most creative player for me. For me. So... It kind of cuts down, even though he can he can pass the ball best and he can dribble. But Atalanta is a team that rumors have it that they're allegedly on drugs. I don't know what to say, but anyway, that's not for me to say. Syria Syria is a controversial league when 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 it comes to performance and in, in, in answers. And every week, for instance, we say Milan is buying penalties. Juventus. And Inter fans in particular always complain about penalties. But nobody questions Atalanta because Atalanta is not leading the league. So, of course, nobody looks at them. But every week, Atalanta is doing kamikaze attacks. 90 minutes, up and down, no questions asked. But Milan were fairly beaten, so I have no complaints. But hopefully they can bounce back. Yeah, that's my point. Other notable results in Italy over the weekend, Roma, Porci winners over Spezia. Juventus also came out 2 0 winners, um, 2 0 winners over Bologna. So and Napoli also lost 3 1 to Hellas Verona. So the table as it stands now, Milan is first, 19 games played, 43 points. Inter is second, blowing the opportunity to go top. They remain at 41 points after 19 games. Roma, 37 from 19, and Juventus in fourth, 36 from 18. So if Juventus win their one game in hand, they'll be just four points off the top. So this may just be Juventus' league after all. All right, so we're switching leagues to Bundesliga. Um, I just want to zoom, um, zoom in on one match, and that's the Borussia match. Kadim, you predicted that this match would be a very uh, one of the matches of the weekend. What do you think of it? All right, I thought it was, it lived up to expectation. Well, I mean, if you were supporting um, Borussia Dortmund, that is, it would not have lived up to your expectation. But when we were previewing this game, I said that uh, right now Dortmund is just a wishy-washy team. And they're just not playing good. Granted, they are without a permanent um, head coach. And if Haaland is not playing, Dortmund is not playing. But he, he got two goals today, but it just wasn't um, enough. I saw the lineup and I saw that the, 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 the two in midfield for Dortmund is the youngster, Jude Bellingham. I forward don't know what the hype is about. And also Emre Can. 
um, going back to his Liverpool background, I, I know he's not a, a dominant um, performer. So when you pick those two against a very aggressive and um, hardworking midfield for, for Gladbach, you knew that it was going to spell trouble. And for the first 15 minutes, that's exactly what happened. Gladbach actually got a goal and it took VAR such a long time to decide if this is a goal or not. And I, I think they should take that amount of time because it's if you are if you are on the defending side, being Borussia Dortmund, you want that to be called as a foul. However, if you are the attacking team, there's no way you can say that that was a foul. Eventually, the goal um, was disallowed by the VAR, but they still went ahead and got their first goal. Uh, maybe that was a poison chalice um, because that actually woke up Dortmund and Mr. Majimbu, and uh, he 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 turned into Superbu. He had two amazing chances um, created by the, the ever so influential Jadon Sancho. He's just such an amazing dribbler, and the the, the result switched over into two uh, one. And from there, you could. Both sides were attacking and you could say, well, this could go either way. As the match went on, uh, Borussia Gladbach got their equalizer from a second goal from Elvedi. And rightfully so, uh, the performances from the individual Borussia players, they were just overshadowed by the more robust um, figures from Gladbach, and then they had the ability to throw on the return in Marcus Thuram, uh, which he got an amazing header from the corner. And Dortmund needs to sort themselves out because they, I think they have a, a great, a very talented um, squad, but for some reason they, they, they keep going to the up-and-coming young German coaches, I think going as far back as Klopp. And that's the only one you could say that pulled off a little bit of success. I think they need someone right now who has a, a clear playing identity, whether it be attacking, defensive, whatever it is. But they have the players and they need to stop giving coaches like a springboard, young German coaches, a springboard to refine or finish their tactics. I'm talking about um, going as far back as, as club Tuchel. Uh, you know, they're giving the young guy, um, I can't recall his name now, the interim coach. Rumor is that they're going for Marcus Rosa, uh, Gladbach head coach right now. We'll see what happens. But what, on what's happening, it's going to be another lead title for uh, the great Bayern Munich. Apart from losing this match and set pieces, the last, the last match against Leverkusen and set pieces as well. And they're actually... Um, 35% of the goals, according to who, who score.com, 35% of the goals conceded by Dortmund this season is from set pieces. So it, it's something that for work on that. That's my take. Uh, so other notable results in Germany over the weekend. Leipzig lost to Mainz. Leverkusen also lost to Wolfsburg. And Bayern, of course, cruised to a 4-0 win over Schalke. So the, the, the league table now in Germany, Bayern remain top, 42 points, seven ahead of Leipzig. So even though Bayern was not, was scraping to victories, they were still winning while the others are still dropping points. So you can call that league as good as over. 
Leipzig is in second, seven points behind and 35, with 35 points. Leverkusen a further three back at 32. All right, so we're switching leagues to La Liga. And we're going to start off with Barcelona versus Elche. Tajay? Yes. What's you have up? anything on that match? Yes. Yeah, so um, this match was, um, it wasn't a very exciting match, to say the least. Um, we all know that Messi is serving a two-game ban for that um, abuse against <laughs> abuse. <not> <laughs> physical abuse. Um, but yeah, we are, it's understandable. But yes, yeah, so, but without him, um, they played a more pragmatic uh, match. Um, it was really one in midfield because the attackers really never did anything. Uh, not, not much except miss, obviously. The the man of the match for me was Frankie Deyong, who was um um excellent match, excellent match by Frankie Deyong. But otherwise, it's Elche. I mean, we we knew we were gonna beat Elche with or without Messi, and um even though our win rate with without Messi since two thousand seventeen is I think sixty eight percent, um which is not necessarily good but it shows that even without Messi we, we can still win so yeah we're still in line for those we're supposed to do and what is what you're supposed to do exactly. well I mean it's only one reason why we, it's one reason why we play football to win titles right or to reach top four for this season though I think that's on Barcelona's well, agenda I want to be entertained as well. no this is not Chelsea no. this is this is Barcelona <laughs> No, we have we have standards top four. That's, that's no. When has when has Barcelona ever fell below second place in disrespect? What kind of what? No, 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 Mateo. Thank you, Tadji. thank you, thank Tadji, you, Tadji, Your shoes lace, brother. Stop <laughs> make Mateo dry out, bro. No, no, no. Say that the mother do. We know what still. Elche is in relegation zone for a reason. Before and after this match. So, at the same time, without, without Messi, I expected the team to struggle, which they did. And that, that early goal we needed, well, a couple minutes before halftime, it was technically, well, practically, it, it was an own goal. And then De Young did a CR7 impression. The ball was literally going into the goal, but for a gust of wind, hurricane strength. <laughs> he would have went in, but he did his best CR7 impression. The ball on the line, he kicked, kicked it in and then celebrated like a madman. So I want to thank him for that. And he had an excellent game throughout. And Ricky, coach, just a sprite, Coleman, scored like three minutes after being subbed on. There was three minutes left in the game. And Ronald Coleman on the bench was visibly upset. And they look at things, them, they know, I don't know how, I, I don't know what, Coach did to that man, you know, but something not right. Because you give the man three minutes in command and score, and you vex. All right. Um, I don't, think, I don't think it was an own goal. You know. I think it was Griezmann. It was a kick from Griezmann. No, 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 no. It was an own goal. It was going, um, it was off the Elche defender. It wasn't Griezmann kick it? No, another Griezmann. Uh, that's what I remember. And then Frankie running on it, but all right. As in, it was a few centimeters 
left before it went into the goal. Oh, yeah, completely. yeah, man. No, it was going in the goal regardless. Yeah, my agree yeah. with it. But, yes, I'm going to have the impression, man. But if Frankie deserved it. It was a very good game by him. Javar, yeah? yeah. The great CR7, the world boss, moved on from the league. You can't just load money. <laughs> but I'm no, but I'm just using comparisons. I like comparisons because on several occasions when Ole is known for kicking the ball, goal very close range, and celebrating as if it's 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 a world beater. So not, uh, one so point that I, I can rec- at one point so I, can recall, I can recall it took um the great the greatest so-called greatest front three MSN to score one penalty. You know? So that's low 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 Ronaldo. By the way, I was, at, that was a lovely match to watch. I was at that match. That was brilliant. Very good match. All right. Another big result over the weekend. Atletico Madrid 3, Valencia 1. Deron, anything to, to say on that one? Um, I, I thought Joe Felix came out with a purpose for that um, particular match. I believe he had a goal and an assist his first goal in, in two months and it didn't look like it because he came out to that purpose. And on on current form and how Atletico Madrid look, God know it 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 seems like Barca gifted La Liga to Atletico Madrid because Suarez is scoring from some angles that he's not supposed to score from. And it is just giving Atletico Madrid a type of consistency with goals that they really haven't had for two seasons, probably, when Diego Costa was, was kicking in goals. But right now, Suarez look good. Joao Felix combination look good. Marcos Llorente looks very good, very consistent. And as usual, Capitan Coque just stringing the passes in, in midfield. Um, I, I don't really like to see them playing so well, but God knows, it it, it looked like they would be tough to beat for the league. Uh, well, you forget you forget to mention the highlight of the match they run. The goal of the oh, season yes. from Ranich. oh yes from Ranich goal Ratchets, of the season Ratchets. Ratchets. stunner from thirty you, yards out. I don't know yeah, if you guys you saw that, that goal, but but that's the goal mm-hmm. of the season. You need to check it out. Valencia. No, you need to catch your highlights for that. That goal oh, was yeah. stunning. Uh, no goal problem. of the season. Uh, Chong, anything on this one? Um, yeah, man. I, 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 I don't. Um, you guys will recall because I didn't say this around you guys, but um, at the start of the season, after that tra- um, transfer of Suarez to Atletico, I call it. I call it right there and then that Atletico will more than likely win La Liga, and I'm happy to say that it has been going going the way that I predicted. And for this game in particular, um, easily the goal of the season, as um, Darren and, and Tajay said. Unfortunately, it didn't win the game. <laughs> but um, Atletico look unstoppable in the league, honestly. Um, that's all I can say about this game. They look unstoppable. Uh, Kadim, anything? Uh, yeah. Um, Atletico has only conceded eight goals. Eight goals in 18 matches. I think that is just unbelievable. I mean, every match that they play, if, if, if you don't know if it's a semi-final or a final or anything like that, and you just see if the side is defending, you'll think that is the match that's going to decide the championship this. And I absolutely love that because I always said that if I'm in a team, I'd rather be in a team where I have 
11 all players giving 100% effort than zero effort and just talent. Because effort is just, it's just always there from Atletico. You see it from, 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 from their coach in Simeone. You see it onto the players. I see Joao Felix, number seven. The man is so small in stature. Behind the ball, defending against Valencia. And when you think about it, Joao Felix shouldn't be there, no, but it, it's working for the team. And even though he's playing defensive, as Darren said, he got a goal. He got an assist. So it's not just for me, I am the superstar. The entire team is just working together and it's looking like some 13, 14 Atletico Madrid right here. And I would be, I'd be shocked if they do not win this league. They're seven points ahead, one game in hand. Uh, they have Madrid and Barca to play again. I'm not sure what's the home and away status like, but those matches going to be the deciding factors for La Liga this season, and I'm really looking forward to it. All right, so another important match that happened in La Liga. Chelsea great Eden Hazard came up trumps for Real Madrid over the weekend as they ran out 4-1 winners over Alaves. He scored and assisted. Deron, what did you think of this Real Madrid performance? And Hazard in fact, Finally, finally we get to talk about the real team. You understand? The real team. Um, this match, I thoroughly enjoyed. I think the first 10 minutes of the match, we, we saw that Capitan, you know, Sergio Ramos was missing because we saw Varane misplacing a pass, Milito looking a bit shaky. But after that, I don't know, Casemiro came and, and, and really helped them get it together. And after that, the match was all Real Madrid. Madrid was unplayable with those balls over the top. Tony Cruz, his range of passing, switching the play was impeccable. And I must say, when Benzema plays well, Real Madrid will win. And that is one thing that I have to say. No matter how big and bad Atletico Madrid look, when push comes to shove, and they see that, that, that white strip, them are going to lose. Them are going to lose. It's not debatable. They will lose. If it was down to the match against Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid to call the title, you can call it from now. Because Madrid now going to lose to Atletico Madrid. But if we're only talking about this game, it was class. That first half, other than the first 10 minutes, Probably the best we've seen of Real Madrid. Eden Hazard, a goal and a brilliant assist. Flick back heel around the corner to Benzema to finish it. Tony Cruz with those overhead passes. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. My only issue is, is I think we need a, a backup striker. We're not going to talk about the, 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 the Judas who is over there at Eintracht Frankfurt and scoring goals. We, we won't talk about him. At that man Jovic, but we need a backup striker. Other than that, besides solid. We we'll have to go touch on Jovic later in the episode because I, I can't understand what happened with him. Yeah, I suppose it's nice to see Real Madrid back to winning ways for, for their fans after losing to Alcayano, whose entire yearly budget is seven hundred thousand pounds. So congrats to them, and let us move on. That's, yeah. That sounds like a hater. That sounds like a hater. Um. It doesn't matter if if we lost to um, Al Kayano, if that's their name, because in real life, 
Madrid haven't prioritized the Copa del Rey since Jose Mourinho left. So as a Madrid fan, when I saw that match, I honestly was not surprised. I was not surprised because the club on a whole has not really prioritized the um, Copa del Rey since Mourinho left. So, Darren, I have a, I have a question. Um, quickly, you said that 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 there was really no issue with Madrid losing to Alcayano. So you're basically saying there's there's nothing. Um, we're looking too much into that defeat versus Alcayano and the Madrid fans can be optimistic that you're going to make a good run in the Champions League and you're going to make a good run in La Liga. That's very much so. Very much so, because when they won the three consecutive Champions League, best believe there was no Copa del Rey in the conversation. We were knocked out at a similar stage. So, like, like I said, as a Madrid fan, as a Madrid fan, even though I was disappointed, I wasn't surprised because I know the approach that generally the club has to the Copa del Rey. But another issue but that are... I would have with it is that no, the club seems to be in crisis. But then again, it's every five weeks or so. Madrid is in crisis and Zidane, we're losing job every couple of weeks. So this win was important to kind of um, calm down the, the, the fans and calm down the, the club. Overall, it wasn't surprising. Let's look at it this way. There are things called priorities. Real Madrid is a club that tries to win everything. However, if there is a, an occasion where a club will prioritize a specific competition, look no further than Real Madrid, and the Champions League. There's a reason why we are the club with the most Champions Leagues in history. We heard Craig say earlier, Chung said earlier that Liverpool does not prioritize the FA Cup and he's not worried as a fan that they got knocked out. So I'm hearing similar sentiments from the Real Madrid fans. That's it for the important matches that happened over the weekend. Just to go over the La Liga table, Atletico is seven points ahead with a game in hand. So it's really looking like Atletico's league to lose. All right, so we move on to now some transfers that has happened. Um, Kat, you have, you, have, you have the transfer transfer that has happened over the week. Uh, not a lot has happened, it? just that um, Ozil has been confirmed to Fenerbahce and contrary to Sampo's belief, I think he's going to tear it up in Istanbul. The, the title race in Turkey is very, it's, it, every year it's heated, you know, because you have a great city and you have three big clubs in one city. I don't see that happening in, in any other, other top five leagues. So every now and then I always take a trip to the Turkish league to see what is happening. So Ozil to um, Fenerbahce has been confirmed. Uh, maybe the guys from La Liga can tell me a little bit of this player, William Jose from Real Sociedad to Wolverhampton Wanderers. There are sample. Um, Taj, you can say anything about this player because I'm not too familiar with him. Uh, what can Wolves expect? I would say you're getting a target, man. I can finish. He's not the type of baller who will dribble past one or two or three players, but you're getting a target, man, who can finish. 
I would yeah. say Nuno would have gotten his Portuguese wrong because he's not Portugal. He's not from Portugal and he's from Brazil. He's, yeah, he's a Brazilian. He's Brazilian yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know what Wolves <laughs> want to do with him, but they can go along. But Brazil and Portugal, both of them speak, speak Portuguese. Yeah, but they're good. <laughs> good man. The language of Wolves will still be Portuguese. No, I, I uh-huh. agree. I think I think Wolves and um, Chelsea are two of the, the, the um, trying mid-table talking about Chelsea, um, Chelsea it's unbelievable up. it's un- unbelievable that they allowed um Fikayo Tomori to leave and go to AC yeah. Milan that has also been confirmed when you have players Chris Benson Rudiger playing over the guy come on he's yep. strong physically he's young he's malleable you can you can teach him so and Yo, you saw how good. How long time to teach and he more to be taught. That's exactly what I'm saying. You yeah. saw how good that in relative true, terms, how small in small Dini playing for Roma. Um, he's going to learn a lot of good defending techniques over there. Um, yeah, education. Uh, one that's gone under the radar, uh, Matt, Matty Ryan from Brighton Hove and Albion up to last season. Up to this season, he was their first choice goalkeeper. He's now going to be back up for Mr. Bern Leno at Arsenal. Um, not a lot of uh, players moving right now. Arcadius Milik, I think he's he's a great striker. He's a great striker. He's going to a club that is just are they even a club? Marcy. They, they, they just seem to always be fighting right. amongst themselves. So, so, so I don't France, understand that one. In France, is actually one of the top, one of the most supported teams. Them, so AKA yeah, PSG, what's, their, what, 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 what's their form like? Have you seen their form? Have you seen the? No, no, my, my grew their cards, but I tell you, it, oh. them, have a, um, them have a cultish fan base because yeah, yeah, uh, I know they should be the a lot better. Yeah, I don't understand. The drop down from Napoli to, to Marseille. I think he's a dropper. I don't understand why Milik went. Is it? I, can't Is understand. It really I remember remember from 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 Osimen, cool came to came to Napoli. Um, they were trying to offload um Milik. You know, Milik was supposed to be the replacement for Jeko at at Roma, mm-hmm. but Jeko didn't leave. So. Napoli wanted to get him off their books. As you can see, I don't think he's featured for Napoli, even though he has been fit, even though um, Osimhen has been injured. Napoli even brought in Andrea Petanga. So maybe something behind the scenes. I mean, the owner, the CEO or, for, or president for, for Napoli is a, is a real hardball man. You know? He's either his way or no way. You know? so, uh, but I think those are the major transfers that have, have been... Um, completed so far. I don't expect to see a lot of great movement. I want to mention yeah. one that's that's yeah. almost about to happen. Deron, I want to take on this. Odegaard to oh, Arsenal. You mean Odegaard? Yeah, Odegaard why? Um, I thought this would be um, Odegaard's breakout season after such an amazing season as social that It should have been. So what it should have been. Then? He was one of the players of the seasons in players of the season in La Liga last year, kicking up a stand for Sociedad. But the position that he plays um, is a position that Real Madrid is well stocked in. In in real life, he should be the future for Real Madrid in, in central midfield, approaching central attacking midfield. But 
with how Modric has been playing over the last two months, it's been it it would be criminal to take Modric out of the side. He has been the creative hub. And Udegaard really started the season in, in the first 11 because the plan was to transition to, to using Udegaard and Valverde to that extent. Valverde and Udegaard were to, to really be prominent this season, but both of them have really gone down with injuries. Udegaard has had a, a stubborn knee injury, so he started the season unfit. But what kind of player is Arsenal getting? You're getting a prodigious attacking metronome. He is a baller who can receive the ball and turn so quickly and then find a pass. His left foot, amazing. His set-piece delivery, amazing. His decision-making, especially approaching, attacking the attacking phase of the game, the final third, very good. He's a neat, neat footballer. Real Madrid quality, unfortunately, it's, it just hasn't worked out so far. Um, Zidane's man management of Madrid is probably best described as criminal because Odegaard <laughs> would have been a good substitute to manage um, the, the age, age in Madrid, but instead, nothing. You see, the issue here is twofold. Um, traditionally, Zidane has been that manager who nobody can guess his starting lineup because he changes it so often. However, the team this year, especially when Sergio Ramon is out of the team, the team has been erratic, very erratic. And when you're going through a moment where the football is erratic, you turn to some, some experienced baller who've been there and done it. So Zidane turned to the tried and trusted big three in midfield, Casemiro, Cruz, and Modric. And they have been able to steady the ship. So I really wouldn't call it criminal because at the start of the season, Modric was in and out of the team. And on international duty, Modric said, all right, just give me a couple of games in, in succession and I will settle it down. Zidane gave him that opportunity and Modric never looked back. Never looked back. Uh, Kadima, I see at that point. Yeah, so sticking with the transfers and um and Madrid, since that we have um Darren here, let me just ask why it never worked for you, which brother? As the, the man has uh, about him have less than 90 minutes, and I think three or four goals since coming back with Eintracht Frankfurt. And yeah, what what happened? Is it honestly in I think it's games for Madrid. Exactly, three goals in seventy-six minutes for Frankfurt. What, what happened? Was it was it just um, because he broke COVID rules? Zidane just mm-hmm. watch him handle this player. What exactly happened? T- tactically, him can't replace Benzema. Let me know what Um, I think sample sample. This is where yeah. I'd agree with you, and I will criticize Zidane. Um, Benzema and Zidane, unshakable foundation. Um, Sensuality. Yeah, uh, Benzema has delivered, but I think Benzema, Madrid has moved from a Ronaldo dependency to a bit of a Benzema dependency, which I think is a mistake because Benzema is not as consistent. You can't really depend on him. Now, with that said, it's about 
the new baller coming in and giving Zidane a reason not to go back to Benzema. And when Jovic has had his chances, first of all, he hasn't been 100% fit. And whenever Jovic plays, the team shape changes a bit. And because Jovic hasn't played consistently, I don't know if if it, if it uncomfortable if the team uncomfortable with the change of shape. Cause we, we go almost to a four four two when when Jovic plays because Jovic is a dead forward. Benzema will go to the wings and create play and drop drop deep and allow the wingers to run beyond him. Jovic is a dead forward, dead 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 forward. So I guess it's it's a bit of two problems. One. Benzema really trusts Ben Zidane really trusts Benzema. I mean, and two, maybe his playing style is not suited to Real Madrid's identity as a team. So if, if, if the Real Madrid couldn't have allowed some amount of flexibility to suit yeah. a goal scoring um, um, listen, because they knew the, they games, knew the type of player that they were going to get. I, I agree. And I also think 32 games is, is a whole lot of opportunity for a man to show himself. I've seen games where Jovic has come on, has not done any running, and when he gets a chance, he skies it. I don't know if it, it's, it's adjustment to, to life in Spain or the adjustments to his, his teammates yeah. in an unfamiliar um, environment, things like that after football pitch affect footballers, you know. But he's obviously very comfortable in Germany and in Frankfurt. You you didn't get that impression even with his interaction with the team. You never got that impression at Madrid. So it's it's a host of factors. You can't really blame one thing. But I mean, um, to go to a big club like Madrid, they need an adjustment period. And we've seen more experienced players not being able to adjust. I remember Magic's first season at Real Madrid um, all those years ago, he was voted La Liga's worst player in his first season. Exactly. So, worst yeah. player, worst transfer yeah. in history, people were saying, and, and, and look at Modric, no? Yes, yes he's still on the bottom board. The thing, you see, the thing with Madrid is a very, very high-pressure environment. Some people rise under, under that type of high-pressure, high-intensity. At, at clubs, especially Barca and Madrid, there is very limited patience. Very that leads to guys about psychology. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But it's, I, I guess he never adjusts properly. I don't, think, I don't think it's over for him at Madrid. Because I think if he comes back from loan, there could be a place for him. Hopefully we get a, a decent use all time because he was very expensive. And I think sometimes when you're not, when you're not being played, and if you get a chance, you probably want to over-impress. So that could possibly lead to you skying the ball, like with Werner at Chelsea. Yeah, I, so, I, think, I think you're right. Again, Werner because plays, always looks like he's overthinking. You see, when the ball comes to him at Frankfurt, he just put him foot behind the ball. But when at Madrid, he's like he's overthinking. Yeah. And like how Chelsea gets a lot of hate even when they when 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 they haven't done anything. Darren, I want to ask you about another player that I'm very I'm I'm kind of shocked at his decline. Eden Hazard. Um Eden Hazard? Yes, that's not the player we, we gave you. I don't understand what is going on here. I still better give them. I'll tell you the reason. I'll tell you. Um <laughs> one, 
Hazard is is known to to be that player who when he goes on holiday, Lazy. he has a little bit too much to eat. Big belly. He said it in in public that he loves to have food. So first of all, he came back unfit. Um, second, after that first preseason that he had, he had a major injury that was the big problem. The way Hazard plays, the ball is always stuck to his ankle. And he had to have, I believe, a, a surgery when he was at Chelsea. But at the time, they, he, he tried a conservative treatment and it worked. But when he came, he got injured again on the same ankle against PSG when Mounier tackled him and he had to do surgery on that ankle. Ever since, that ankle itself has been the main source of, um, of injuries for Hazard. And because of that, he's, he's now trying to adjust his play, playing style. I think mentally, the whole injury ordeal has, has forced him not to trust his body as much. So if you see, he's not taking on people as much as he used to. He hasn't lost much of that, that pace, but I think it's a mental thing. And playing more matches with match fitness, you'll get back to optimum. All um, he needs is that another year or so. Mm-hmm. He's 30 though, so um, time kind of running out on him, in my opinion. I should, I should, you say we don't praise Chelsea enough, but I think you guys sold him a children arsenal. So I want to congrats to Chelsea and Abovich's, you know, business <laughs> acumen on that one. No, the real Trojan horse is William to Arsenal. I think that <laughs> what they got with William, um, two shots on target in 20 matches that William has played for them. I think that's the ultimate Trojan horse. That Louis can get a mention as well. All right, guys. So with all of that said, uh, we just want to big up the entire heart of the team. Thanks for the support. Yo, Mr. Real Madrid, right? We have right us at Darren Maitland. Big up for your insights. I don't think any of us could have given that great insight on one of the best clubs in the world. Not the best. Real Madrid. So big up and bless up and good That's luck for the rest of the season, my brother. All right. Thank you for having me. I'll remain a fan and I hope to hear more about Madrid in the future. Yeah, more like a gear show, brother. All right. And to everybody that's listening to this pod, uh, big up, bless up. Again, uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. We interact with you guys. Whatever content you want to hear, whatever content you want to listen to, give us a shout out. And until then, play some ball. This is Artak. And rest in peace to Luton Shelton, a legend. This is Artak.